Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. It is Shabbat and we are in Acts chapter 8 today. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. All of you guys and gals in the chat, welcome one another and connect. Remember during the week, six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And remember... Tell all your friends about this ministry. Share the good news. Thanks for all the response last week on the Malkitzedic message. Good to have a recap on that, isn't it? Just to realize just how blessed we are and that Yahuwah has really brought us into a wonderful place of balance between law and grace and finding that road with the covenant. Chapter 8 today, we begin. We begin. We take off, of course, Last week in the seventh chapter, Zephania Stephen is martyred, the first martyr of the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament. And that is why Yahushua is seen standing at the right hand of glory in honor of the first martyr of the Brit Hadashah. So many parallelisms and similitudes of the life in which we live today, because now we come into the persecution. The persecution begins. And when persecution begins, we have to realize, just as in the times that we live at today, just like Brother Don was sharing before we went live, and I've taught on it many times before, specifically at a Sukkot several years ago, and um, the division between the body, the soul, and the spirit. When persecution comes, it is first addressed at the body. Where we are at today in our current world, the whole focus of the world, the whole focus of fear, oppression, and repression is fear of the body. There's this disease, there's this virus, it's body, it's all carnal, it's all about body, body, body. But what they don't realize is they're not addressing the soul. There's so much depression. There's so much anxiety. There's so much fear. And there's young people, and I see it every day, and it's very concerning to me, young people that don't have the faith, young people that don't have the tools and the skills that we have because we are believers, that are not equipped for the times and days that we live at, and their souls are imploding, imploding. There's no resources available to them because nobody's there. Everything's virtual. The soul needs the common union. We need to be able to connect. But truly, for us in this next season, we need to do a Philip. We need to be transported out of the body-soul realm into our Ruach, the spiritual realm, for us to not just survive, because that's a body system. We need to thrive. We need to be teleported out of our body. Fear, anxiety. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, what are we going to do now? To the soul, which is all emotional fed, drama, emotion, fear. We need to escape that, and the metaphor here is Philip, okay? And that is what I hoped that I can communicate today. Let's look at the tripartite being of 
Yes, there is all of this persecution that we are currently experiencing in the world. It is persecution. And it's all based upon fear that something's going to get into your body. It's so carnal. But if you only hope is this world, then that's a massive driver. A massive driver. But our hope is not just this world at all. So it shouldn't drive our every, every moment. Which means that we shouldn't be stuck in this soulish body realm. Because then you get locked in. The only way for believers to survive but actually thrive is to be teleported out of that system into the Ruach, the spirit, which is Philip. In if we're going to use Philip now as a metaphor and an analogy for escaping the two lower systems. That's where we're going. It all begins with persecution of the body. But when persecution comes of that body system, then what you find is what's manifest in that body system to bring about more and more persecution is witchcraft, which is magnification and imagery, which is sorcery. And of course, we're going to see the sorcerer's sin right here in Acts chapter 6. Excuse me, Acts chapter 8. How do we see that today? All of these various tests and all of this alleged truth and all of these, it's all sorcery. It's all magnification. It's all imagery. Okay, you can go get a COVID test over here, but now... It, you can't get one over there to verify it. You used to be able to verify it, but Elon Musk did that. And um, it exposed the reality that you could get three different results all in the same day. You could get a positive, a negative, and an inconclusive. And then people are starting to dip into Coca-Cola and getting a positive too. So now, allegedly, if you test positive... You can't go and get another test to verify it for another 90 days because we wouldn't want to expose the sorcerer's sin. This is all part of that body-soul system, system that I believe that Yahweh wants us to leave behind to go where we need to go as believers for these next, next seasons because it's only going to get harder for those that stay in the body-soul system. But when we can make the shift and we can fill it, we can be teleported out of ourselves, like you said. What did you say? You said the three things that we all struggle with the most begin with the shin, the S in the um, English al alphabet or alphabet is sin, Satan, and self. But really, the biggest struggle is self. Because that's the body-soul system. Deliver me from my body-soul system and I will be like Philip. That's the hope. That's the plan. Watch out for that magnification and imagery, the sorcerer's sin. And ultimately, we must continue to look for an Ethiopian. We must continue to look for those that we can give the best aura, the gospel message to. Because they will unlock the treasury, if you will, in our life using, of course, the Ethiopian eunuch for that analogy and metaphor. So there's a lot to jump into today. I'm excited, as always. Why? 
because I get to be around believers and I get to be in the word of Yahuwah. And in days like today, find yourself another brother and sister and find yourself the scriptures and you will be on your way to a Philip transportation experience. That's all I'm saying. That's why I love it so much. And Saul was consenting to his death. There's too many people consenting now. Consenting with the death of the body system. Oh, 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 you want me to do that? Oh, I, I consent. No, you start consenting and you're going to be ending up wrapped up in the body-soul system of servitude. Do not consent to any of this nonsense because it will lead to more persecution because you gave, you're like a frog in boiling water. Well, you consented to that. Well, now let's see if we can push it. And then you get used to just consenting. I don't consent to any of it. And therefore, I am getting persecuted, yes, but getting used to it, building up strength, courage to overcome. And now it's moving me through the body system getting used to not being as emotional and not as fearful, now overcoming the soul system, and now really pushing in now, I know that I'm going to be teleported out of here. I'm going to be living in a spiritual realm where there is victory. Victory! When this comes against you, that... And then your heart longs for home even more, does it not? Doesn't it more? Or you can just be soul and body and just grip onto this perishing world more. Let it go. Let it go. Let's get ready for Philip. Let's be teleported out of here. And in that day, there was a great persecution on the Kahal at Jerusalem. And all were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the Shlechim, except the apostles. And devout men buried Zephania, Stephen, and made a great mourning over him. But Saul, he ravaged the kahal, entering into every house and dragging men and women. He delivered them up to prison. Now, it's very interesting here. We don't want to skip over it. But rabbinic law didn't allow for those stoned for blasphemy to be mourned for. So what does this show you? Rabbinic law didn't allow mourning for those stoned for, for blasphemy. So this verse shows me, it's quite remarkable, that there was a strong dissenting disagreement and in fact a public revolt with the believers against the Sanhedrin and their mandates and their executive orders. They weren't going for it. No, no. We do not consent. We are going to go against your mandates, your executive orders, Sanhedrin, and we will publicly mourn even though you say that we should not, that it is being codified in some writing somewhere that you drafted in the midst of the conspiracy of the night. No. And enough of them got together and they said, no, we will mourn. 
We will mourn. And that is what this verse shows me. They made a great mourning over Stephen, even though the rabbinic law at the time prohibited it. There is a principle I'm trying to communicate. You see, nothing gets done. Nothing gets done until enough people defy those in power who are coloring law. It's under Title 18, Section 241, or Title 18, Section 242. Deprivation of rights under color of law or conspiracy against rights under color of law. Meaning you're making a bunch of stuff up. You're like children coloring between the lines and you're shadowing it and coloring it to your own, own demands. Well, guess what? When you do that, you fall under Title 42, Section 1983 and 1985, and you open yourself up as a public official to civil suit. So you better be careful. Hold these tyrants accountable. And this is what the early church would know. No, no, no. We are going to mourn. We are going to congregate. We are going to move out of this body-soul system and we're going to be teleported and amazing things will happen. Because this body-soul system of repression, oppression, and demonic activity is not going to subside. The only escape is when you and I teleport out of our fear, anxiety, body-soul system. If Yahweh says that it is okay to mourn in Genesis 23, then nothing about you coloring law is going to prevent me from mourning. Because you're not my God. When you come to that decision, which you all will ultimately have to come to, who do you serve? You serve men because you're afraid of their faces? Well, then, go serve men. But as for me, I serve Yahweh. And in Genesis 23, he says it's appropriate to mourn. So therefore, the disciples says we're mourning. We're going against the rabbinic executive orders and mandates. We're not doing it. Publicly, we're going to stand up together, and we don't care. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Building a fence around the Torah leads to persecution. I ask you, how much more then when the powers that be build a fence around man's law, how much more persecution will you get? Well, you're living in it. I'm living in it. It inevitably leads to people being dragged out of their homes and being delivered up to the authorities. This was Paul, this was Shaul building a fence around Torah. And look how terrible it was. What happens when you've got godless heathen building a fence around man's law? You think it's going to end up any better? Shaul makes the persecution of the kahal his full-time job. Just as today, those in power are making COVID-19 mandates and mayhem their full-time job. 
full-time job to attack the body and soul of man through intimidation, fear, anxiety, and everything. And everyone's buying into <gasps> Our only deliverance is at the end of this chapter. It's having a Philip experience. And I am preaching to the choir. You guys know this. I'm struggling just like you're struggling. But I know that Yahweh wants me to overcome my body-soul system too. My body-soul system too. What this shows us is that any time you attempt to fence in laws under the guise of alleged protections, you descend into the persecution of dissenters, those who have the faith and a high level of cognitive ability to think critically and kick against the goads. End up being persecuted because the majority of sheeple they do not have the cognitive ability to think critically. Oh, whoa, 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 no, no, no. They, 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 it's too, no. That is how this whole system works. But believers are able to think cognitively and they're able to transcend the body soul system. That's the blessing. What bothers me about this whole scene is that the people had allowed the governing bodies to go along unchecked for so long that it had gotten to the point in Jewish practice where the synagogue leaders, they were allowed to form a minor law court and they could sentence miscreants to beatings unchecked. How did that get to that point? Because since they had returned from Babylon, they had let them grow in power unchecked. We now live in a Babylonian occult system of power that has gone unchecked. And we have found ourselves now where they have courts in the shadow of darkness. They're called virtual hearings where it is unchecked and they literally beat miscreants down. This is how it all is. And those that buy into that, buy into the fear, buy into the anxiety, buy into the intimidation. But not me, not you, because we have a hope and a higher calling. A hope and a higher calling. We can transcend the body-soul system. We were created by Yahuwah as believers to thrive in times like this. And it is blooming exciting. It really is. It really is. Because the longer time goes as a believer, the stronger you get, the more powerful you get by the indwelling of the Ruach HaKodesh. And we become resilient. Resilient. Things that six months ago I was now resilient. We've got nods in the back. We have people, right? Because you've all become more resilient to persecution. But unchecked law equals vigilante justice or what we call today denial of due process. And we see it everywhere or the coloring of law, which births eradication psychology, which is a cultural state of mind that found its home within Bolshevism and the formation of the USSR and the nationalist 
Socialist Party, and eventually Nazism. It's called eradication psychology. It's a real thing. Eradication psychology occurs when leaders appoint task commanders such as Shaul to seek out the opposition through a compilation of lists. That's called data harvesting in modern parlance. And the detention of dissenters for your own safety. For your own safety. Because, you know, you, you're, you're disrupting Jewish law here. So for your own safety, we, we're going to come into your houses. We're going to round you up. Because we have to protect, protect Jewish law. This is what was going on then. See, I believe the word of Yahweh is alive and powerful. And if you can't read the scripture and relate it to your life and our life today, then where is our faith? This is alive for us today. And sometimes we have to be able to look at the scripture and use the an analogy and metaphor. And that's, us, that's, us, that's what it's built for, because it is living in each and every epoch. For such a time as this, there will be the last day remnant that will get it. And this living word of Yahuwah will lead us out of mystery Babylon into the wilderness. And this is the days and times in which we do, we do live. Our world, brethren, has wholeheartedly embraced deplatforming, which is the precursor for eradication psychology. Our whole world has wholeheartedly embraced deplatforming, which is, of course, the precursor of eradication psychology. Shaul sincerely believed that Yahusha was under the curse of Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22. He sincerely, and there are people today that sincerely believe that you are sick. You are sick. You're sick. You're all bloody sick. No, I, I no, 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 no. I do, there's no evidence what so ever. That is an assumption and presumption that must be rebutted. And the assumption and presumption that Yahusha was under the curse of Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 22 must be rebutted. And if you're not willing to rebut the assumptions and presumptions, then what kind of believer are you? No, Yahushua is not under the cu You kick against the goads. You are a stiff-necked, stubborn people. So much so, Paul, that you will have to be struck down and blinded so that you will realize that you were wrong. And the assumption and presumption that you are making shall be rebutted by the Creator himself. Because Yahweh is Ropecha. He is our healer. You are not sick. You are healthy. And the Creator put you on this earth with the right. It is not an unalienable right. An unalienable right means your rights come from the government. You have what's called an unleanable right. 
Because Yahweh has a lean on your body and your soul and your spirit. He's the one with the lean on you, meaning nobody else can come along in front of the Creator and put a lean on your body, can put a lean on your soul, and they certainly can't put a lean on your spirit because Yahweh has a lean on me. I have unleanable rights. You can take your unalienable rights and shove them right. I don't want anything to do with it. Because I have unleanable rights. Because Yahweh has the lean on me. He can snuff me out at the moment he desires. He can take my body. He can take my soul and my spirit will go back to him. And I give Yahweh all the glory for that. And I stand. I will stand. And you will stand too, brethren, because Yahuwah is with you and your unleanable rights. Man, am I just... Woo! <laughs> All right. It's the whole eradication psychology just got me going there. Sorry. And people are like, how could he get this out of Acts chapter 8? I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I just don't know. Pray for me, brethren. Pray for me, brethren. Rebut the assumptions and presumptions. Paul assumed that Yahushua was under the curse of Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22. And because that assumption and presumption was in his mind, it affected his soul. He was doing wholeheartedly what he believed was right. And these absolute imbeciles out there, they are wholeheartedly doing what they think is right. A lot of them, are, they're, not, they're not bad people. They wholeheartedly enjoy drinking and swimming in Kool-Aid. They love it! The very people that were all against, oh, you can't be bullying, oh, we're not a bully are the biggest bullies out. Back in the 90s, you know, you take a little Star Wars gun to school, oh, into the principal's office. You take a little toy. You can't have any of that. Oh, my goodness. The little eight-year-old, he had a little plastic Lego gun. Take him to the principal's office. Now, you can't even go to school before, and they've got a gun up against your head. And pulling the trigger. Well, hang on a minute. Well, the Star Wars gun wasn't right. But now you want to shoot me in the head. You people are hypocrites and insane. What happened? And now you're bullying me everywhere I go. But you were against school bullies. You had like these anti-bully policies everywhere. But you see, they're tyrants, and tyrants know no bounds. It's called 
cognitive ability that I'm able to think like that, right? But people aren't. They're not. I mean, I had to tell somebody this week, I said, look, in the book of Revelation, it says they're going to get, people going to get the mark of the beast on the forehead. So, me no consento to no trigger gun on hedo. Okay? Me pineal gland, no eradication. Huh? Yeah, I don't know, no. Just me. Do I really believe that? No. But it's the frog in boiling water. Because now, the next step is what? And then the next step, well, when's enough's going to be enough? And the more you acquiesce, the more used to acquiescing you get, and then you've just like, oh, well, I just go along with it. Well, how long do you go along? Well, just like the early Kahal, I am somewhat, as you can see, daunted at the realization that these days are here. And the answer, of course, is that Philip goes and proclaims Moshiach in Samaria. Look at the fourth verse. Then indeed, the ones who had been scattered passed through preaching the gospel, the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Messiah to them. There's a whole generations now that know nothing about the Messiah. And you know what? Being able to trans transcend the body-soul system by us giving the message of the true Messiah, that's true liberation from tyranny. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the many miracles which he did. For out of those having unclean ruachs, many came out speaking with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. You see, the problem that we're encountering today is those tyrants, they have unclean spirits. No conscience, no decency, intolerant, haters, lovers of self, full of pride, envy, gluttony, covetousness. Just as spoken in the latter part of the New Testament. It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. But then what we see is a counterfeit. And people start to go along with it. Simon the magician, oh, he came to faith. Well, he's kind of equivalent, really, isn't he, to Elon Musk coming to faith. Right? Think about it. A man who has been conjuring up the masses, claiming himself to be a great one. When everyone else is paying attention to him because they're so amazed at his conjuring, so amazed at his technology. We're going to go to Mars. Oh, we're going to have all of this transhumanism and we're going to be able to update our brain. This is nothing but conjuring. This is nothing. In the end, it's all about money and esoteric engineering. That's all this guy was interested in. That's all that this magician business is all about but a certain man called Simon had long been conjuring in the city and amazing the nation of Samaria claiming himself to be some great one when you look at the founders of Facebook and Google Tesla Microsoft 
they fall into the category of magicians, conjuring up the masses, conjuring up the masses. Oh, this one has great power. We know that they're serving the God of this world. We know that they're serving the God of this world. And they were paying attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with all the updates, with all the technology, with all the conjuring. But when they believed, when they believed, Philip, authenticity of the gospel, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of Yahuwah and the great name of Yahushua the Messiah, they were mikvahed, both men and women. Then Simon himself, allegedly, allegedly, believed also. And being mikvahed, he continued with Philip. And seeing miracles and mighty works happening, he was thus greatly amazed. Verse 14. And the apostles in Jerusalem, hearing that Samaria had received the word of Yahuwah, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they had come down, they prayed to them that they might receive the Ruach HaKodesh, verse 16. For as yet he had not fallen on any of them. They were mikvahed only in the name of the Master, Yahushua. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. And when Simon saw that the Ruach HaKodesh was given them through the laying on of the apostles' hands... He said, hey, I've got some Federal Reserve notes here. They're actually worth nothing. The United States Corporation is bankrupt since March, 3rd, 9th, March 9th, 1933. This is all part of my imagery, magnification, and conjuring that you all believe this. You all have the right to make your own negotiable instruments, you do realize. I can make a negotiable instrument with you. I have the right to contract with you. It's all fiction. It's all part of the conjuring. Conjuring all before you. But they're all in their pods. All in the matrix pod of conjuring. But right now, it's time for us to transcend that body soul system because then you start to see look at verse 19 he's so bewitched he says give me this power also that whoever i lay hands he may receive the ruach but peter said to him may your silver perish with you because you have thought that the gift of yah may be purchased with money well our silver and gold perished march 9th 1933. Therefore, now everybody's fallen into these negotiable contracts through fiction, conjuring, and magic. But that was not the way that this country was designed. Ulysses Grant would never have put up with any of this nonsense. A couple of men have come along since. We're going to pull us out of this system. JFK didn't last too long, did he? You see, that's the problem. Now we're on to the 46th president, because the 45th, well, he was very familiar with this system. But don't worry. You'll get your stimulus checks soon. 
then everything will be okay. There'll be more coming next year. But the condition will be that you won't be able to receive it unless you have vaccination certification proof. How many of you will go for that? And then eventually it won't even be paper negotiable instruments. They'll move into technology, blockchain. What a world. What a world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then we get to Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts chapter 26 through 38. And of course, he was the treasurer for Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. And he gets Mickford because, of course, the truth of Isaiah 53 is manifest to him. That passage of scripture is actually banned by the religion of Judaism. You can't study that. And you can't even study certain texts of Ezekiel because they all point to the wonderful reality of Yahushua the Messiah, transfiguration and escaping in a chariot. In the 39th verse, it says thus, And when they had come up out of the water, the Ruach, the spirit of Yahweh, caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip, well, he was found in Azotos. And passing through, he preached the gospel in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. So Philip here remarkably gets transported, not raptured like we were taught in the church would happen to us, but transported because this is something that had happened to Enoch and Elijah before him. This is just a phenomenal case of supernatural teleporting. And really, to travel unrestricted, imagine it. Unrestricted, I know, it's difficult, right? Unrestricted travel by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Well, with the new travel restrictions and vaccine certificates, I mean, I think this needs to be prayed in now more than ever and apprehended. Unless one of you has got a pilot's license and then we could all get hold of, you know, a little private jet and then we would be, think about this. You can poo-poo it if you want, but once upon a time there was a group of people down in Silicon Valley and they said, you know what, why don't we come up with an idea where um, we could like have these cars and people could, um, you know, just get online and book a car and it come and pick them. Oh, no. Why, why would you need that? I've got my own car. we got buses and public transport. And they miss out on the opportunity. And the next thing you know, you've got Uber and Lyft. Well, right now, there's going to be a whole bunch of people out there that aren't going to want to put up with this baloney. So, really, where are the pilots? Where are the private planes? Let's develop an app. And it will be called Bible Teletransporting Service. Something like that. Because you are not going to be able to travel unrestricted anymore unless you acquiesce to stupid and bioluminescence. And having somebody shove something up one of your canals. Which, you know, I just do not consent to that. Because you start with one canal and the next thing you know... It's going to be another canal because these are a bunch of perverts that are doing all of this stuff. 
They are luciferic canal merchants, okay? That's all I'm saying, and that's it. Let's move on, Matthew. This is supposed to be a Bible study for crying out loud. I know, I know. The older I get, the wilder I become. Pray for my wife, please. (laughs) Please, please. She's a wonderful woman. She really is. She's so tender-hearted and gentle. And she, isn't she Moshe? She is the champion of the downtrodden. She is the champion of the afflicted. And it drives me... I'm like, why are you always defending these people? Well, they could... I'm like, no, no, no. They should be strung up by their toes and beaten with coals and rods. Well, that's just unmerciful. Enough of the mercy. You see? Supernatural teletransporting. Look, let's just get a prey in a bunch of investors. Those of you out there that have just got too much mammon, let's get together Jet Bible Flyers Club. There's got to be some of you that are pilots. Let's do the Uber Lyft for Bible believers, okay? You have to be Mickford before you come in. We'll put in all of our mandates and our biblical executive orders. Yet you have to be circumcised before you... I'm kidding. We're not messianic here, but there was a time, right? Hey, you can't come to the... Hey, what do you got down there? You're not coming into the Passover. Show me what you... What? Excuse me? I'm looking for some some unleavened bread and you want me to do what? That's kind of Michael Rude territory right there. That's rude. A case for supernatural teleporting. First Kings, we're going on a little adventure here. First Kings, chapter 18, verse 7, okay? Let's turn there. Melachim Olive for you messianics out there. Chapter 18, verse 7. We're going to look at um, the biblical support for supernatural teleporting, not the late great planet Earth and the rapture, just to be clear, okay? And Obadiah was in the way, and behold, Elijah met him. And he knew him, and he fell on his face, and he said, Are you my master, Elijah? And he answered him, and he said, I go, tell your master, behold, Elijah is here. First Kings chapter 18, verse 9, and he said, What have I sinned that you would deliver your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? And Yahweh, as Yahweh Elohim lives... There is no nation nor kingdom where my master has not sent to seek you. Where have you been going? You're down here, all of a sudden some trouble comes your way, they're about to kill you. He's gone. Elijah was just had this habit, it was well renowned in Israel, that when bad things happened, Elijah got teleported. Now I'm almost at this level. Well, all right, a lot of bad things have been happening to me. That, I'm at that level. I haven't got to the... But I, I believe it's going to happen at some point. When they break out the irons, at that point they're about, they're going to try and slap them, and I'm going to be gone. I feel it. I just, I'm, that's my hope. Hopefully they won't slap me in irons, but, you know, I'm not too hopeful with the way things are going and my behavior. 
What about my family? Or oh, they are already way teleported, way teleported. As Yahuwah Elohim lives, there is no nation nor kingdom where my master has not sent to seek you. And when they said, well, he's not here, he took an oath of the kingdom and the nation. They did not find you. Verse 11. And now you say, go, tell your master, behold, Elijah, he just showed up over here. This is remarkable. Verse 12. And it will be as soon as I have gone from you, the spirit of Yahuwah shall carry you where I know not. That's some good tribulation psychology right there. That's what I want. And when I come and tell Ahab he cannot find you, he's going to kill me. But I, your servant, have feared Yahuwah from my youth. Was it not told my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of Yahuwah? How I hid a hundred men of Yahuwah's prophets by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Now you say, go tell your master, behold, Elijah, he's surely going to kill me. And Elijah said, look, as Yahuwah Savot lives before whom I stand, I will surely be seen by him today. And Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Are you he that troubles Israel? Elijah has a history of being transported and teleported. Look at verse 10. There is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent to seek you. You are like, beam me up, Scotty, all over Israel. We can't keep up with you. We send the Borg to go get you, Elon Musk and his transhumanism, and you just get, beam me up, Scotty, to another place. What's going on here? He is not there. He made the kingdom and nation take an oath that they did not find you, verse 10. So whenever the enemies of Yahweh came to look for Elijah, because there had been this reporting, oh, there was an Elijah sighting down there. I think we saw Elijah. They could never actually go and find him. So Elijah had this habit, this is a biblical reality, of disappearing. And it was well known amongst the people that Yahweh did this miraculous thing, verse 12. Look at 1 Kings 18 and verse 12. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from you that the spirit of Yahuwah shall take you somewhere I know not. The Ruach, the spirit of Yahuwah, is intercommuning with the spirit of Elijah. Because Elijah is no longer living in the body-soul system of carnality. And because he is transcended out of the fear, and he is transcended out of the world, he is in ultimate communion with Yahuwah's spirit. And therefore, he is now able to access the next dimension. This is powerful stuff. I'm going to do a little teaching with my son at some point on the dimensions because we've been having a lot of conversations about it, haven't we, Moshe?
And it shall come to pass, verse 12, as soon as I am gone from you, that the rock of Yahweh shall take you somewhere I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he shall kill me. But I, your servant, have feared Yahuwah from my youth. So this passage, of course, when I was at Calvary Chapel, majorly misinterpreted. Because they would claim it to be a prophecy of Elijah being taken up into heaven, which, of course, is the precursor for the rapture, right? Wrong. Because if this were a prophecy and it was from Yahuwah, then Elijah would have been taken before, before Obadiah had brought King Ahab to meet him. Look, as soon as I am gone from thee, that's stated in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 16 through 17. So Obadiah, verse 16, went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, are you he who troubles and disturbs Israel? You see, Ahab did see Elijah at this time, which shows that this wasn't a prophecy because it didn't come true, right? Obadiah's understanding was that Elijah was just always whisked away whenever bad things were about to come on him, whenever his life may be in jeopardy. This, is a biblical practice that we need to petition in for the days ahead, the last days. This is a biblical practice. There's a lot of people out there believing a bunch of conjuring from Simon the Magician that that is going to be their escape. They believe that by sticking things in their arm and doing RNA that they are going to be safe. But there's something that is a biblical practice that I want to draw your attention to. Oh, well, you're crazy. No, you're crazy. This is proven to be true. And that is proven to make people mad, disabled, and insane, and kill them. That's track record. That's why nobody can be held liable since Bill Clinton said, oh no, any of these vaccine companies, no, 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 they're immune. Why? Because people are dropping dead left, right, and center, and you've got no recourse. Well, here you do have recourse. Prayer and petition and supplication. And guess what? Teleporting and transfiguration. It's a biblical practice. It's true. And I pray that it come forth in our day. Elijah would appear in some other city to witness for Yahuwah until the time that he wore out his welcome again. The knowledge of this phenomenon was widespread among the children of Yahuwah. And I believe it will be manifest again in the last, the last days leading up to the tribulation. I mean, I've worn out my welcome in many, many, I know you have. In many, many places. I'm open to serious offers from Yahuwah of relocating my, me somewhere else. Are you? I'm ready. Some serious, I mean, I like the idea of South Dakota, I've got to tell you. Feeling pretty good. Over 150 years of red governors over there. 
I mean, it's looking pretty good to me. Prices of houses, I don't know. I mean, I was going for Mississippi, but, you know, you guys have been swinging blue a lot. I don't know about that. And then those water moccasins and those scorpions in my watering hole when I go for a skinny dip in, that's not sounding too good to me either. You know, so I, I got to say, you know, in, in South Dakota, you're pretty close to Wyoming, there's skiing. I mean, these are things I'm thinking about. Because I'm not getting on a blooming plane. And I'm not going to be dealing with any of that nonsense. You're not going to be investigating my canals. I'm sorry. This is the closest you get, is an ear canal. Doug. Oh, good heavens, Matthew. Would you shut up and put a brown paper bag on it, is what my mother would say at this point in the teaching. I think she would have said it a long time ago. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass, thank you all for being so patient with me. I am a flawed, flawed man, that is for sure. But it's amazing that Yahuwah can still use even a dumb donkey. And it came to pass, I'm not saying that I'm a dumb donkey, for crying out loud. And it came to pass when Yahuwah would take up Elijah into the heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. We're in Second Kings now, chapter 2, verses 1. Stay here, I ask you, for Yahuwah has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said to him, as Yahuwah lives and as your being lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, verse 3. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha, and they said to him, do you know that Yahweh will take away your master from your very being today? And he said, yes, 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 I know. Hold your silence, would you? Just shh. So these people knew. This wasn't some weirdo conspiracy. They knew what was going to happen because it was a common occurrence in Israel. This time, it was going to be a little bit different. Elijah's active and very dangerous ministry was coming to an end. And I believe Torah to the tribes, active, and sometimes very dangerous ministry is just beginning. And we are going to see amazing things in our day and our time. Now, the world did conspire to take his life, as the world does seem to conspire to take many of us as believers, as devout as we are, our lives. But we shall not fear, because they also knew that Elisha would have his master, the mantle would be passed down. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 4. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, I ask you, for Yahweh has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as Yahweh lives and as your being lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that Yahweh will take away your master from your very being today? <gasps> what? And Elisha said to him, stay here, I ask you, for Yahweh has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as Yahweh lives and as your being lives, I will not leave you. And the two went on. You see, Yahweh had to remove Elijah or Elisha wouldn't have been over to take over the mantle. 
to take up the ministry that Yahweh had for him. See, Yahweh took Elijah from Elisha in order for Elisha to fulfill his ministry. Verse 9, And it came to pass, when they had gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask me what I shall do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, I ask you, let a double portion of your ruach, your spirit, be upon me. And he said, oh, man, you've asked a hard thing. That's a double portion. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. So Elijah knew that his retirement was nigh. He knew it was coming to an end. He knew that he would be leaving Elisha to the office of the servitude of Yahuwah. And his prophet of warning and witness would now be Elisha, the prophet of warning and witness. And I know that many of you have been skeptical of me, especially over the past year. But I do feel, I really do, in prayer and supplication, that I have been faithful to warn and to witness to you. And some of you may brush it off and have maybe brushed it off. But I believe that maybe you'll realize it may be too late, maybe just after the fact. But I just pray that it is not too late. I know that we live in difficult times. And I know that I have a calling to warn and sound the alarm and to show us through the power of the Holy Spirit that Yahweh has a plan for his people. But if I didn't give a warning, if I wasn't the witness, then I would not be able to feel that I was living an authentic life. So with all the naysayers, oh, Matthew's all a pocket. What do you do when the Holy Spirit tells you to do? I learned that lesson a long time ago. Just say yes. I know that this ministry has had a very important impact on many people's life with the warning and the witness and being able to show that the word is alive today and relevant for our lives to guide us out of mystery Babylon. And that is powerful. Because ultimately, it's only Yahusha at the right hand of Yahuwah that is our salvation. But my wife said it the other day. What did she say, Moshe? She says so many profound things. What did she say about me? A pathfinder. She said, you're a pathfinder. I was like, oh, I like that. Tell me about that. She said, well, you find the path. I said, is that why I'm like always getting bruised in the thorns and the thickets? But the amount of people that say, Matthew, I'm so glad that I didn't have to go into 10 years of the Messianic movement. We found, oh my goodness. Thank if somebody didn't have to go, what I had to go through. Our family didn't have to go through. So I pray that that be true. I pray that that be true. Second Kings chapter 2.11, we see that Elijah went up to a place called heaven 
out of the sight of Elisha. But this wasn't the third heaven, as the churchmen had told me so many times. This was not the place of Yahweh's throne. You see, the word Shamaim for heavens in the Hebrew, it has a dual meaning, which so many l- miss. Shamaim, heavens, plural, meaning where the clouds are. Then there's heaven, singular, the place where Yahuwah resides and where the spirits of the righteous go on to death. But this is not where Elijah went. I mean, Yahuwah tells us through Scripture in John chapter 3, verse 13, and no man, not even Elijah, has ascended up to that level of the Shamayim. But he that came down from the third heavens, the Shamayim, even the Son of Man who is in now the right hand of the Father up in the heavens. You see, Elijah, now this is where we get into the fun part of the teaching, because it's been rather dull and boring thus far. Elijah was taken up into the air, the firmament of the earth. This is the first heaven. He was not taken to Yahuwah's throne or the third heaven. 2 Corinthians 12.1. So where did this? <laughs> where did this chariot of fire, this whirlwind take him? I'm not asking you, Doug, because I know you already know he actually dwells upon the ice wall down in Antarctica. Now, Doug's laughing. And now are you. Now the whole lot. Okay. All right. All right. Where is this chariot of fire? Well, the ice wall down in Antarctica, which is why you're not allowed to go down there. Which is why there's this ludicrous, I don't know if you've ever heard of the cover story, there's this ludicrous cover story about this fat dude with a white beard that rides around in a chariot drawn by, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, right? That the whole world lies to their children about this thing, then scares the hell out of them, saying he's actually going to do a home invasion down your chimney canal while you're sleeping, is the cover story. See, and you can laugh at me, but I laugh at their insanity. And they're still doing this. Each, oh, You're lying to your children. And then you expect your children to tell you the truth. How does that work out for you? I don't know. I don't think it's worked out too well myself. That's all I'm saying. St. Nick and his reindeer chariot is the cover story for what's really going on down upon the ice wall in Antarctica, if you ask me. Now, I do know that some people do insist that Elijah is alive as well as John the Beloved, that they are the two witnesses And there are some that have informed me that they believe, I mean, I'm not saying this, that they live upon the ice wall 
down in Antarctica. Now, I have actually read Operation High Jump. Have you read that? Now, Operation High Jump with Admiral Byrd. So I do know where they're coming from when they're talking about Elijah and John the Beloved possibly flying around in a chariot down in Antarctica. Because that's what Admiral Byrd, I think, was talking about in his Operation High Jump. Meaning the scaling high jump as in, you know, how on earth are we going to scale the ice wall? How are we going to do that? Oh, now Larry's starting to go, oh my goodness, it, it's, it's, it, it's all making sense. This whole Father Christmas cover story that's been propagated for thou of course. All right, I'm putting it out there. The high jump part of Admiral Byrd's high jump was how on earth are we going to scale the ice wall? And he was witnessing what was called the Raya from the sky. That's how Admiral Byrd described it. The Raya from the sky. Meaning Elijah's flying chariot was the Raya from the sky. Is it possible? I'm not saying it's true. I'm just asking you, is it possible? You who believe in Father Christmas, is it possible? You who spent so much time playing that silliness as I did, is it possible that we could just take 30 seconds to consider Elijah and his chariot and the rire in the sky? Is it possible? Because Admiral Byrd spoke of a chariot-like object that would fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds that was based in Antarctica. Now, couple that with this meteorologist, that's a big word for me today, a Brazilian dude called Rubens Viela, and this is what he said. He was the first Brazilian scientist to participate in an expedition to the South Polar region. And he was a veteran of 11 expeditions to Antarctica. He describes the chariot which appeared over Alamitado Bay. He told interviewers this, quote, It wasn't easy to describe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't imagine Elijah's chariot flying around in Antarctica would be easy to describe. But if you were to describe it, this is how he would describe it. But I later wrote in my diary, positively the colors and the configuration and contours of the object as a body of light with geometric forms. They did not to seem to be from this world. And I did not know what could possibly reproduce it. Well... Only Yahweh deals in that realm because now we're in the spiritual realm of transfiguration, which is the next dimension, garments of light. Garments of light outside of time and space. This isn't weird. This is just dimensional. What dimension is it, Moshe? Fourth dimension. The object, he went on to report, was multicolored, 
It had a luminous oval-shaped body. It left behind it a long tube-like orange-red trail. It split, he says, into two pieces as if it exploded. Then each part shone even more intensely with white, blue, and red colors projecting V-shaped rays behind it. They quickly moved away and it could be seen 200 meters above the ice shelf. This, to me, is very, very interesting in light of the prophet Elijah, the whirlwind, Father Christmas, <laughs> and not being able to go down to Antarctica. Throw in a little bit of Admiral Byrd and you can see what we can all come up with. But I think this is a lot better solution to what the New World Order and the globalists want to come up with. That's all I'm saying. And we're the ones that are called mysterious. The Bible is mysterious in a good way. What they're doing in the world today is asinine. And it produces forth death. Elijah was transported and teleported away from this system, as was Philip. The bystanders would go off and look for Elijah. They'd go on a three-day journey into the countryside. Why would they do that if he was still here? He had to be here. But if he was on up in heaven, as the church said, then why would they go on a three-day journey to look for him? Look at 2 Kings 2.16. And they said to him, See now, there are you, your servant, 50 strong men. Let them go, we ask, and seek your master. If Elijah's been teleported up to the third heaven, then why on earth would they bother to go on a search and rescue mission for three days in the countryside to find him? Because they knew that Elijah wasn't teleported up into the third heaven. He was just transferring around over the nation of Israel, which was his custom when trials and tribulations and persecutions came his way. Is it possible that Yahweh could open up that dimension for us in these days? I do believe so. The bystanders went off to look for Elijah because they knew that he wasn't up in the third heaven. They knew that Yahweh was able to move him from the third to the fourth dimension as a salvific, not soul salvific, but salvation from the hands of tyranny. These people knew that Elijah was transported from one earthly location to another. Is it possible that he's still alive and that he is one of the two witnesses? Many think so, and I wonder myself. They were not sure where he ended up, but they knew he was returned to this earth. This is made very clear in Scripture because about seven years later, now that's seven years, you have to compare Second Kings chapter 3, verse 1, Second, first Kings chapter 22 verse 42, then compare Second Kings chapter 8 verse 16. About seven years later, you find Elijah still on earth. He's not up in the heavens. He's still on earth because he wrote a note to the king of Judah. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 21 verse 12. 
You guys aren't focused on scripture anymore, are you? You're thinking about Operation High Jump and going home and downloading it and reading it tonight, aren't you? Operation High Jump. (sighs) My goodness. At this point, it would be appropriate. If you love the flat earth, give us some thumbs up right now. Thumbs up. If you hate the flat earth, then... um, You guys in the thumbs up section, you better work on the people in the thumbs down section. Let's thumb up, thumb down. Flat earth, thumbs up. Not flat earth, thumbs down. What's it going to be? Oh, we have a split within the room. Oh, my goodness. I know where you're going, Mr. Antarctica. See, where's the pilots out there? Where's this Uber jet that we're getting? We could just just close this chapter once and for all, couldn't we? Oh, but they won't let you fly down there. Oh, but they won't let you go on an adventure down there. Why not? These are things I wonder and ponder. Second Chronicles 21, verse 12. And there came a written parchment to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, This says Yahweh Elohim of David your father, because you had not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat your Abba, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah. Now the word writing here, where he had written a parchment to him from Elijah, is the Hebrew word miktab. Miktab, it's Strong's number 4385. And it means as in writing a letter, a thing written, a document, writing, showing and demonstrating that Elijah continued to live on the earth. He wasn't up in the heavens. He wasn't up in heaven writing letters to the king of Judah. No, he was still here seven years later. How could a letter come from Elijah well after he was taken away? It couldn't. He was still here. You see, all of this built into, I think, that imaginary thinking of a rapture, when really we need to think on transfiguration and moving from the third until the fourth generation. I'll finish up, finish up with a quote from Josephus in Antiquities of the Jews, where he states in 9.2, Now, at this time, it was that Elijah that disappeared from men, and no one knows of his death to this very day. But he left behind him his disciple Elisha, as we have formally declared. And indeed, as to Elijah and as to Enoch, who was before the deluge, it is written in the sacred books that they disappeared. But so nobody knew that they died. Mm, Which is why many believe that Elijah is one of the two witnesses and why some believe that Operation High Jump is connected to the chariot of Elijah down on the ice wall. I thought I'd bring that forth today because I think it is wonderfully exciting to think about such fabulous fourth-dimensional things. Philip, like you and I, I pray, come quickly, Yahweh, come quickly, was identically transported bodily through the air from a spot between Jerusalem and Gaza. And we know 
that the Bible is true and every man is a rotter and a liar. We have a hope and our hope is not this world. We must be delivered from self because that is what traps you in the body-soul system. This whole pandemic is all about keeping people fearful and trapped in a body system that then decimates the soul of man. And that is what grieves me. When I see young people that are unbelievers without any guidance except from these body system tyrants, and I have a heart because I know that Yahuwah has a heart for the lost. Without hope, your soul grows despondent. And our hope is to go to Antarctica. No, our hope is to be transfigured into the fourth dimension, either through transfiguration or resurrection, because we know that this is just a temporary home. Just as Elijah, we shall too pass from it. Amen. Let's see what you've got in the chat. If there's anybody still here, or, well, now, I'm not one to promote other ministries necessarily, but at this juncture, I would say if you want to learn more about the flat earth, that um, Rob Skiba has got a very good channel on that, Rob Skiba. And he's a very nice, very nice man. I've spoken to him back in the past, and I believe that he's an honorable gentleman. Go check it out. Lasers and all kinds of stuff. Um, Rob Skiba. Now, some of you go, oh, I can't believe you. Look, you guys, we all sometimes need to be a little kinder to one another. All right, let's see what you guys have got in the chat. It's, it's got, it should be a fun one this afternoon. Come on, I've given you some fun stuff to talk about. If you want to um, grab my attention, 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 civil play, then redline me at Torah to the Tribes. Not you, giant killer. Giant killer, you're right here before me. He's usually in um, Snohomish, but he's with me today. I see you. Yeah, I see you too. All right. Book of Nanda. Yes. Book of Nanda. All right. Zella Bella at Torah to the Tribes. Why do you think the UK is being hit? Being hit. Oh, where did you go? Being hit so hard by C19. Punishment for Brexit. Blessings from Europe. Oh, yeah, definitely. Punishment for Brexit. Of course. Don't you see that? And why, why is it, we were talking last night about so much too, a, a really great way for them to be able to shift something in a presidential election, of course, was, of course, this, this pandemic too. Because while you're all looking over here, they're doing things over there. So, yeah, I do believe that um, pulling out of Brexit, there has been a lot I'm pulling out. Brexit, pulling out of Europe, excuse me, has been, there's a lot of consequences um, from the New World Order to such things. 
Oh, these are Grandpa. He's right before me, too. It's actually Covert 19. Yes, Covert 19. Hey, Shabbat Shalom down there in Florida. Much more truth, says we were discussing this on Covenant Calendar Club last night. Sapphire Seer of Glass at the Mountain. There you go. Remember, Friday nights, you can go to Colin, uh, Colander. You can go to the Covenant Calendar Club at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. Tony Wright says Rob Skiba is a great guy. You know, my experience with him was several years ago. I was in Washington, D.C., and I got something from some blog, and I did some kind of teaching, and it was actually um, something that he had written that was unbeknownst to me, and it all blew up. And anyway, it was um, he, I had a phone call with him and cleared the air, and the guy was great. And he sent me a bunch of stuff afterwards. I was like, man, if more people could be like that. You know, sometimes there's misunderstandings. And you can blow it all up. And it's like, aren't we, aren't we just servants of Yahweh trying to do what's right? And you make mistakes. Or you, you get something from somebody shoots you and you don't realize that it was written by somebody else. And I was going to D.C. and it seemed like a great idea to follow this blueprint plan of a tour with all this pagan stuff. And I shared about it in a teaching. But... It kind of went sideways, apparently, on Facebook. I wasn't on Facebook. But anyway, I had a phone conversation with this fella, and he was super nice, and it was so refreshing. It's like, wow, really good guy. So go check out his stuff. He's got some wonderful stuff on giants and, of course, the great ice wall, the great ice wall. All right, what else have we got? Book of Nanda, do you believe that the military is in control here in the U.S. and that Trump will come back? You know, if I was going to say anything about that, I would, I would quote Alex Jones at this point and say, You Q people are insufferable! I will not suffer you any longer! That's what I'd say, all right? I'm just saying, okay? All right. Sorry, Shiloh. I love you, brother. But enough is enough. Bloody Gitmo. Oh, Gitmo, follow the plan. You follow the plan. You're going to end up in Gitmo because you're in front of the computer. And you never did anything. Oh, man, I don't get out very often. <laughs> 10410 says Shabbat Shalom from Manila, the Philippines. Hey, how is it down in Manila? Should we go to Manila? I hear they beat you with canes if you walk around with a mask. Is that true? Put it in the chat. 10-4, What is it like in the Manila in the Philippines during COVID? Is it liberal? I mean, I'm not talking, you know, liberal that way. I'm talking, is there a little bit? Are you allowed to go out without masks and public humiliation and being bullied and beaten? That's all I'm saying, okay? Apprehended at every corner. Good night. Any questions? Anything sensible at all in here today? Or are you all mad? Anything? Anything? All right. We'll keep on going then. Shell Perry, what does Rob Skiba think about the Malkid Zedek stuff? 
You know, I'd love to sit down with Rob and actually have a conversation, not an argument, but a conversation. That's most probably a man that most probably could have a conversation about it without being all trying to hold your territory. Myself also. I mean, I think if you have prayerful conversation with people that are a little bit more reasonable that you can see, because a lot of this is misunderstanding. People don't understand where I'm coming from or they get a, a sound bite. You know, and I, and I know that Rob's experienced the same thing. They take a Rob Skiba sound bite, bite, and that's not exactly what he said. Well, we're saying, oh, Matthew Nolan's teaching against the law. Oh, that means, whoa, 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 whoa. You took two minutes out of a, a six-hour series, and the next thing, it's gone all over the Internet, and, you know, it's not quite so when you sit down and talk to somebody and break bread together as brothers and sisters. That's what I'm looking for. Anyway. Oh. Cameron Milroy. Did you used to teach fellowship with Ron Reed, SP? I believe he was in Albany, Oregon years ago. I think. Did I go to... Israel with him back in the 90s? That name does ring a bell. I can't remember. What's this? This is interesting. Does anybody know about this? James Bond business? Charles Hernandez says, Whoa! Pierce Brosnan became a preacher. Oh, you're taking the mickey! I thought he was being legit. Like, really? Pierce Brosnan became a... Man, I look like Pierce Brosnan with my hair like this. Is that what he's saying? I don't know. Maybe it's time for a haircut. Where am I going to get a haircut, right? Only on a school. All right, Bill Crane says, Matty, Matty, I don't know about that, Bill. Billy, Billy. Um, great talk. Love Rob Skiba. Flat Earth is easy to measure using mountain ranges over great distances or over water. Well, the lasers, you've been sending me some of that laser business. is very, very phenomenal. Um, Florence, Florence Eliana, beautiful name. Matthew, how would you explain that my friend Marie saw Yahusha and she said his eyes were full of compassion and they were in the shape like the globe of the earth? Well, I'd say that's curvature of the eyeball. <laughs> you know, that's just me. Danielle says, I have zero doubt that giants exist, especially after the info on the Kandahar giant. <sighs> Much more beauty. I love Matthew's heart, flowers, and all kinds of emojis. Is this much more truth's more beautiful other half? I wonder. Bruce Scott, Matthew, are you a primary, are you in, 
Matthew, are you the primary physical evidence that Yahweh, who art in heaven, has a sense of humor? <laughs> He's got to have a sense of humor if he it allows me to continue to stay up here and teach the word of Yahweh in season and out. Mickey Muckaboy, please reach out to Rod Skiba. You need him in the brotherhood. What a dynamo of the Malkitsidic it would be. Oh, praise be. I love it. See, so many people have got nice things to say about Rob. Rob is awesome. He was my first, he was my first years ago to bring me into the roots of our faith. I believe he is a Malky, but not sure if he has the greater revelation we have. Well, you know, see, we've got to be careful when we talk like that because then you kind of start putting yourselves above them and then people get put off. I just think maybe we're coming from things from different angles and let's just have, uh, let's be like the Bereans and enjoy the fellowship of looking into the scriptures together. You know, that's how I um, approach things. But when you're uh, holding on to it, then, then you, you can't grow. I've grown so much and I look back at some of my past teachings and I'm like, oh my goodness, and I know you guys do too. Machita says, could you do a topical session addressing the denial of Paul's writings? I think I have done that in the past at a Sukkot, and I'd love to do it again, because that's a very, very dangerous thing to do. Because once you do that, where do you stop? Oh, well, that's amazing. Cameron says, thank you, Matthew. He referred to um, Ron Reed, I believe, to your ministry and mentioned your name approximately 10 years ago. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? What else we got going on here? Now, above reproach, red crayons up the yin-yang, come to North Idaho. No mandatory face veiling. Lots of brethren like that idea. Oh, Bill Crane says, thanks for the recommendation for the Net Bible on last week's Zoom meeting. Great notes and great translation. Thanks again. Really enjoying it. Those of you that do love the Aramaic, I highly recommend the Net Bible. Got some great notes, lots of lots of footnotes and going into the Aramaic, but it's not weirdo Aramaic. It's actually well thought out, structured, and composed. And when I say weirdo Aramaic, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like weirdo paleo out there, where you can make anything, say anything that you want, because you've just made a mishmash of, I mean, that is not how it was used back in the day, okay? So we have to take in history, culture, and language but I do not like it when just somebody takes a bit of language and then blows it up into abstract and removes it from how it was used. It wasn't used to do this befuddling conjuring that is too prevalent today. How do you redline Stephen Pearson? You go at Torah to the tribes in the chat, I believe. I believe that's how you do it. Oh, oh, Gabriella Taylor Fair. 
does. Oh, she has got so many thumbs down. Gabriella Taylor Fair, is that thumbs down at the teaching? Or is it thumbs down that we are on a spinning globe? Which one is it? I'm wondering. Pixie from Dixie, you need to figure out what's going on with Gabriella Taylor Flair because she's right below you and you've got three thumbs up and then she comes in right underneath you and decimates your three thumbs up with 300 blooming thumbs down. So whatever she is thinking, she's very, very serious about it. Where are you, Gabriella? You're quiet. Cat got your tongue. Giant killer is thumbs up right here. Oh, good grief. Look what I started. Linda George has got four thumbs up. She says, I love this teaching. We never limit other. If it is in scripture, we need to search it out. Thank you, Matthew, for daring to be bold. What a journey. We are talking about this in our Zoom group. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. William R. has a question. The New English Translation, Net Bible. Possibly. Is that what it stands for? Larry, is that what it stands for, Net Bible? We should ask our brother Aaron. Aaron Sermat, because he's the one that recommended it to me. <sighs> oh, look at this. One faith family question. Shabbat Shalom. Have you heard of Operation Fishbowl? And Operation Dominic. Oh, okay. No, but I have some brothers in that studio nodding their heads. So I'm sure when we close the chat down, I'm going to hear a lot about Operation Fishbowl and Operation Dominic. Now, Much More Truth has a very serious question. What day in Genesis does it say the earth started spinning? It's a very good question there, much more truth. I see. Oh, my goodness. Now, now, giant killer, what is the emoji of the fish and coffee? What does that mean? Or is that soup? What is it? Fishbowl. Oh, fishbowl. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm with you. Julia, how are you, Julia? She's got a spanner by her because she is taking care of the YouTube chat. Thank you, Julia, so much. And she says to Christina Smith, may your heart never wax cold and your ears become dull of hearing and your eyes never close so that you remain blessed by him who opened them. Ah, what a beautiful word. Lovely. And then Cairo Alexander says, we fly in airplanes above the earth plane, not an aerosphere. Mm. Mm. Well, I remember reading back in the uh, Victorian era, and those of you that have been to England, and the canal systems, you know, the canal systems. And this fella, he um, he got his he took his rowing boat out there into the canal, and then his friend went eight miles down yonder the canal, six miles was it? Thank you, Doug. And they did them, and they could they did the measurement, and he had um, his telescope so many inches above the water, huh? And a flag in the boat. And it was still there. My son, Moshe, had a very good point 
if you talk to people that lay railroad, what is what is the reality of that, Moshe? Give Moshe the give Moshe the um, um, the microphone on this one. If you talk to somebody that lays railroad tracks, ask them one question: Do you bend each railroad rod? I'm not sure the exact measurement, but do you bend it so that it would go eight inches? I think it's eight inches, isn't it? Every mile. Right. It would have to have the bend in the ra in the tie, right? Not the tie. Yes. Question. Comment. Yeah. Let's give give, give uh, Grandpa Diesel from Snohomish. My brother-in-law was a CAD pipeline designer. And we asked him one time how they figure in the curvature of the earth as they lay the pipeline. And he said, don't. We just assume it's a flat surface. Very interesting. Now, when you watch this on YouTube now, they're going to give you that little blooming blue box, aren't they? They're going to blue box us, aren't they? Uh, yes, please refer to our propaganda arm over here because we really do care about your education. If YouTube cared about your education, they would have done something a long time ago about these government re-education camps that we all pay taxes for that hardly any of us, if we're sensible, send our children to. Good grief. Really, they care about your education? Since when does YouTube care about your education? You see the stuff they have on YouTube? Unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Where did you go? Oh, Danielle says, trust the plan cost us this election. Well, again, I would agree. I would agree with that. I've got to tell you, I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. Got to tell you. Oh, Shiloh, here he is up in his van. I've concluded... <laughs> I've concluded that Q is an intelligence operation test over all the research and information given. So far, weirdo MSM has taken it all so seriously. Now, I would, I would conclude that it is nothing more than a Bolshevik plan of disinformation to lull the sheep into a sidetrack exactly as they did in the USSR. And that is exactly what happened again. My opinion, Bolsheviks. Bolsheviks. That's, that's all I'm saying, okay? All right, we'll finish up here because um, I already got into the banana, banana realm, didn't we? In fact, we do have, um, we should start selling those t-shirts, shouldn't we, Greg? With the banana earth, with the banana earth, okay? And then some people are like, do you really believe that? Oh, no, it was a joke. It's a joke. See, people don't, don't quite know. Anyway. Modesto Gaza. Oh, here we go. We'll finish up with something sensible. The curvature of the earth is eight inches squared per mile along the lines of rail. Thank you. Pilots traveling 600 miles per hour would have to be constantly steering downward, wrapping around the globe. There you go. There you go. Say that again. You could not use the gyroscope because the gyroscope 
You couldn't use a gyroscope. 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 Or a laser. Oh, yeah, the laser's really, you know, that, that, that. I, lo I like it when they do the, um, the, the, tele the, the telephotic lens out to oil rigs, okay? Oil rigs that should be behind a massive wall of water. 200 feet. Just explain that one to me. I'm not saying I'm buying what you're selling. I didn't say that. Just explain that to me. Oh, it's a mirage. That's right. Of course it is. <laughs> mm. What about making sundials? I do like the idea of making sundials. We are coming up to Passover. Let's get some sundials and let's get that banging, okay? I think that's very good. Very good indeed. Deal with Psalm 104 verse 5, says Giant Killer. He set the earth on its foundations it can never be moved. Aaron Sermak, thank you. I miss you all. We will be together in the end. We love you, brother. He's such a lovely man. And we miss seeing you too, Aaron. And we shall be together in the end. And it may be sooner than you bloody well think. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, why is sea level called sea level? You see, we can just go down the wormhole, can't we? That's what's so fabulous about Torah to the Tribes, is that we do have some wonderful conversations. When we were at Sukkot, up in the um, upper upper room with the music, and we had, well, I haven't seen Mr. Niebling. Kevin Niebling would play some wonderful music for us, of course, up there with Doug. No, you guys weren't together that year, were you? At Sukkot. Wasn't that the year that Kevin Niebling wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. That's how you got involved, isn't it? That's right, that's right. Wow. Oh, there's so much. You guys are so busy on the chat today. See, I stirred up a hornet's nest. Oh, here we are, Cameron. Cameron! He says, Shalom, Brother Matthew. There is a myth in Persian history that Elijah stayed at a cave in northern part of Iran for a while. Ah, well, I just told you about a myth that Elijah stayed on an ice shelf down in the Antarctica. So, you know, now that's going to be part of uh, history, right? Hopefully, at least for five or ten minutes, we shall see. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I'm having so much fun just to be able to be out amongst brethren and have a little bit of tomfoolery once in a while after the wonderful word of Yahuwah permeates our soul. But you know what? The word of Yahuwah is supposed to bring us comfort, and it does. But it also brings me great joy, and there is humor. You've got to be out a lot. If you don't laugh once in a while, you'll just walk around crying. So I'm thankful that Yahuwah has a sense of humor because he saved such a rotten sinner as me. Oh, and definitely you, for sure. Yes, I know. Yep, definitely. So what a blessing. Yahuwah is merciful and he is kind and he cares about the downtrodden. And he takes the foolish of the world and he lets us have a whole bunch of fun in his word, doesn't he? By the power of his Holy Spirit. 
And that is the wonderful thing. Remember, give us some thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And may Yahuwah bless you and keep you. May Yahuwah's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom in the name of Yahusha, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Sah shalom. And I look forward to connecting with you. Oh, Kevin Niebling is there. Shabbat shalom, Kevin Niebling. Big, sunny, smiley face. We love you, brother, and pray that you are safe on the highways and the byways as you, Smokey and the Bandit, all along the West Coast. And we'll catch you guys all live, Yahweh willing, next Shabbat. Shabbat shalom!